welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We are here today. I want to say welcome to Gateway Church. So glad that you're here with us and also welcoming those that are watching online. Hopefully you've had a great week. It was a phenomenal week in our family, but a busy week. We got the chance to celebrate not one, but two birthdays this week. We had our firstborn daughter, Addie, who's now eight years old. And then we got to celebrate Preston literally the next day. It's August 5th and August 6th are their birthdays. So August is a very expensive month (laughs) in our household but we got to combine their parties, so it was great. Uh, so we got to do that. Uh, before I jump into the message today, I want to let you know of something that is uh, happening here. Uh, we believe that uh, giving is an act of worship at Gateway Church. It's not something that we have to do. It's something that we get to do. Uh, we are actually in the process, if you were to go uh, to give, many people give online right now. Some give in the offering boxes located at the back. We don't pass the plate here. Uh, if this is your first time here. Uh, And then some, uh, they send a check in the mail. So some people, there are many different ways to give. But we are actually upgrading our giving platform starting today. So if you were to go online, you would see this instead of the normal look and feel if you've ever been there. Uh, You can set up recurring giving. And if you are currently recurring giving on the other platform, we need you to switch it over to this one. But you can set it up to recurring. It's just a, a simpler way, a very safe and secure way for us to give. So you can give online at our our website, or you can download the PushPay app. Now, if you do it through the PushPay app, I want to say, search for Gateway Church Houston. That's the one that you want to give to. Search for Gateway Church Houston. You'll actually see our address on there. Uh, It's based in Sugar Land. That's where we're officing right now until we are in the new building. But I'm excited for, really, the generosity. And just so you know... Uh, we have one, a very generous church. Many people tithe. Many people give over and above their tithe. And because of your faithfulness, we are able to actually give out as well. 10% of everything that comes in from tithes and offerings that are non-designated actually go back out into the community, either locally, nationally, or internationally. So this, actually yesterday, we were able to bless the community. We were able to partner with Katie ISD, and we were able to partner with Compassion Katie. And we were able to come together for Operation Back to School, and we were able to bless uh, our community. We were able to give away uh, to over 2,400 students, 1,700 families. We were able to bless them with backpacks. We were able to bless them with school supplies and also be able to give food to over 2,000 families in need, 2,000 boxes of food. And while those things are great, the one thing that I love is During that time, we asked anyone, hey, do you need prayer? And we were able to actually pray for over 200-plus families that wanted prayer. So it was very cool and very neat to not only meet a physical need, but also to meet a spiritual one as well. So thank you for your generosity and your giving. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. We'll be hanging out there for... Most of the day, and I'll I'll mention some other verses as I always do. But we are about to go into a time this next week, and I want to prepare us this week for what's going to happen next week. You heard we're going to be having presbytery. Uh, For the Texans, it's presbytery. But either way, we're not going to harp on the pronunciation of it. But how many of you have ever experienced or been in a presbytery service? 
Okay, there are only a few, so this is going to be something new for a lot of us, and I want to prepare you for it so that you're not coming in, you're not scared, uh, because it's a God thing. God wants to speak to us. He does speak to us, and I remember the first time that I was introduced to presbytery. I never actually seen it done, and I was like, is this going to be some weird thing where people are just saying words, and it gets a little bit kooky and a little bit weird, but I remember going, and here's what I felt. I really felt encouraged. I wasn't one of the candidates, but I went, I felt encouraged. I felt like there was really a strengthening of the body of Christ where they celebrated all that God had done, but they also spoke and prophesied for the future, and there was just such a sense of anticipation of all that God was going to continue to do. So the title of today's message is, What is Presbytery? What is Presbytery? Gateway Church, ZFW, has had press retreat services from the very beginning, from the very first year. And we want to do the same. This will be the first time we've done it. Obviously, last year was a little bit different as far as being able to gather together. But the, in the following years, we want to continue to have this because we believe that God still speaks today. And he wants to empower believers. In 1 Timothy 4.14, it says this. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy. With the laying on of the hands of the eldership. The reason why I'm reading that verse right now is because I want that word eldership at the very end. If you were to look at the King James, it's actually the word presbytery. And here's what it is. It really means a council of elders or an eldership or overseers. Uh, the emphasis is not on age. Just so you know, it's not the elderly, it's the eldership. But it, it points to a maturity of judgment. So we're going to bring mature people to come in and deliver the words. So there'll be a maturity, there'll be a growing up that happens for us all. So I want to point out the true prophecy is all throughout the Bible. You, you literally have the major prophets, you have the books in the Old Testament, then you have the minor prophets, and it has nothing to do with who had a better ministry. It all had to do with the size of the books that were written. So prophecy is all throughout the Bible. We have messianic prophecies about who Jesus is. So prophecy is all throughout Scripture. And here's what prophecy is. It's when an individual connects with God's heart and speaks those words to you. It's when someone connects with God's heart and then speaks those words to you because here's ultimately what they want and what we want and what we desire. It's for you to be able to connect with God. It's not about the messenger who's speaking. It's ultimately about you connecting your heart with God. And prophecy is one of the most encouraging ministries I've ever seen. And I want every single person here to experience that as well. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 tells us this. And this is Paul writing about Jesus, and he's writing about the church. He said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Do you feel like the church has measured up to the full and complete standard of Christ? We have some growing to do, we have some maturing to do. So it says to us, this will continue. But here's what I want to say. It says that 
Christ gave gifts to the church, and one of them are pastors and teachers. So I just want to let you know that I am actually, as a pastor, a gift from Jesus to you. I'm just kidding. But this is what, these are gifts that are given to the church, so I want to ask, why would you be hesitant to ever receive a gift from Jesus? And it says, we'll mature in the faith. So my question is, is it possible that the church isn't maturing because we've actually pushed aside one of the gifts that God, that Christ actually himself gives to the church? So I want us to be open, open up our hearts, open up our minds, even if this isn't something we may have grown up in, if it's not a denomination that you may have understood what spirit filled, the, the gifts are still for today. I want you to be open, invite friends, because I believe that God's going to move in our midst in a very powerful way. And it says that gifts are given to equip God's people and build up the church. And that's what you're going to experience. You're going to experience a church being built up. So presbytery involves several things, and I'm going to Point out five. So I have five points today. I'm going to go through them quick. Don't worry. It's not going to be a super long message. But here's the first one. Presbytery involves team ministry. Presbytery involves team ministry. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 12 says this. Furthermore, this is Paul writing, when I came to Troas to speak, to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I did not find Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed from Macedonia. See, Paul understands something that many times we may not grasp, is that ministry isn't meant to be done alone. He realized that there's exponential power when I don't go by myself. He understood that one may put a thousand to flight with God, but two can put... 10,000 a flight, there's actually exponential power whenever we come together. And he's saying, there's actually a door that God opened for me. Think about that. I know we talk about the Lord opened the door and I just went through it. And he's saying, I'm not going in there by myself. Here's why. Because he had done it already. In Athens, Acts 17, a very famous passage, the passage where he talks about in him we live, move, and have our very being. Paul actually goes and gives a message that's very well known on Mars Hill. He gives it alone. He's by himself. No one else is there with him. You can go back and read it. But when you look back at his ministry in its totality, Athens is actually the one place where there was never a New Testament church that was planted. So he's understanding that if I'm going to go in ministry, I'm not called to go alone. Jesus himself, he had disciples. And when he sent them out, he did not send them out by themselves. He sent them out two by two. There's an importance that he's laying out. The Trinity, God reveals himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Whenever he wanted to put his image on the earth, it said male and female. There's only one thing that God created, and he said, this isn't good. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's probably because Adam was running around with a pair of scissors or something. I really don't know <laughs> what it is. But he's saying it's not good for man to be all by himself, so I'll give him someone that's suitable to him. So we're called to be in relationship with other people, and that includes ministry. Here's a couple of verses. Acts 15, 35. 
Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. So it wasn't even just them. Acts 15, 32. Now Judas and Silas, this is not the same Judas as what was with Jesus, clearly, themselves being prophets, it says that for a reason, also exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many words. That's a presbytery service right there. The prophets came and they exhorted and they strengthened the church. That's what we're going to, what is going to happen next week. And here's what I love about team ministry. And here's what I hear on a consistent basis, because now I've been through many years of presbytery and gotten to experience it, been candidate myself several times actually, and been encouraged. But here's what I even will this day say. I actually don't remember who said it, but those are some of the best words, and here's why. Because it's never about the messenger. It's about the message and the fact that God is ultimately speaking to us. But this can happen in team ministry whenever we come together and understand that. The most prophetic words I've ever experienced have been in team ministry. And I just want to say this team ministry actually includes us. Because while you may not be a candidate, God is calling us all here, one, to celebrate what's happening at the church. But you may, you never know, God may have a word for you that is given to someone else. There's no word stealing here, just so you know. Just so you know, you've, you've read Ephesians, you've read Philippians, and God can speak something to you that he, differently than what he speaks to someone else. And now I'm not putting prophecy on par with scripture, but here's what I am saying, is that the Holy Spirit can quicken and resonate something in your heart that you say, that's for me and what I'm going through. And he wants to do that for all of us. So it involves team ministry. Here's the second thing presbytery involves. It involves impartation. Presbytery involves impartation. I'm going to go back to 1 Timothy 4 again. Verse 14, it says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. 2 Timothy 1.6, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift or fan the flames of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So we're saying fan the flames, stir it up. There's a gift that you have now. But here's the interesting thing about it. He did not have this gift before. He's actually saying through, the laying on, through prophecy and the laying on of hands, you now have this gift. So stir up that gift that was given to you through prophecy and the laying on of hands. You can go back and read it. There's a reason why I read this scripture twice. So, so many times we think, oh, the gift's in me. just has to be called out. It actually says through prophecy, because of the power that can happen through prophecy, he was actually given a gift by the laying on of hands. And I went through that. There's not time for me to really develop a, a robust theology right now in the laying on of hands, but it's all throughout scripture. Hebrews 6 actually calls it an elementary principle. These are the foundational things in the church, but I focus on that in a message. You can go to our website or YouTube to check it out called the transfer of touch. But there's something that's transferred. There's something that's imparted during this time that he couldn't have gotten from college and all his training or going to a seminar. There was only something that came to him through prophecy and the laying on of hands. This happened with Paul too. Acts 13, 2-3 says this, One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Here's one thing that we need to learn about God. 
that God imparts through speaking. The way that he created the world was through speaking. He said, let there be light, and there was light. The power to perform the word was actually in the word itself. And it's the same for us. The power that is going to come to perform the things that God wants us to walk out will actually come from the word. It's important for us to realize this, that there's going to be an impartation. When Gateway first started doing presbytery service, there was a presbyter there that had a word for one of the people in the congregation. And here's what he felt like God said to him. He felt like that he, there was a specific lady, and I'm going to look up so I'm not pointing at anyone specifically, so don't feel like this is for you. There was a specific lady, and he said, and he felt like God put on his heart to say to her, you're a witch, your, grandma, your mom's a witch, and your grand, grandmother's been a witch. But he was like, God, I'm, I'm not saying that. <laughs> He's like, I can see the headline now. Pastor calls three generations of women in the family witches. He's like, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say that. And God's like, yes, you are going to say that. So we finally, it's like, okay, God, I'll say it. So we, he called this lady out and said, here's what God is saying to me to tell you. He's saying, you're a witch, your mother's a witch, and your grandmother's a witch. But you've been asking the question, is God real? And I'm here to tell you right now that he is real. Do you want to give your life to Jesus today? And she ended up giving her life to Jesus right at that moment. Then after, yes, this is incredible. Afterwards, she brought a friend who also was wondering, is God real? They came down to the altar for prayer, and she said he's a Satanist, and he also wants to give his life to the Lord. So God can move in powerful ways through prophecy because there's an impartation that is happening. So it involves impartation. And here's the third thing that involves. It involves preparation. It involves preparation. You have a part. In Exodus verse 9, chapter 19, verses 10 and 11, it says this, Then the Lord told Moses, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. So God was coming. He wanted to meet with them. He wanted to speak to them. And he's saying, prepare the people for my arrival, consecrate them today and tomorrow, and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they are ready. Be sure they are ready on the third day. For on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. See, we need to be prepared to receive public ministry. Many times we come to church, we wake up, we come we, and we go, and there's not a sense of preparation. There's not a sense of anticipation that God's going to move in our hearts and in our lives. But I want all of us to prepare for this time. We even encourage the candidates to. The way that I'm going to prepare, there'll be a time of more prayer, but also fasting. Fasting and really just saying, God, we want to hear from you. We want your power and your presence to come. So pray about it. Pray and ask, God, is there something as I prepare for presbytery, Next week, is there something that you want me to go without so that I can hear you more clearly? To shut out the noise of the world, it could be social media, it could be food, whatever it is. We need to prepare ourselves to be able to hear from God in a powerful way. So it's for preparation. Here's the fourth thing. Presbytery involves prophecy. Presbytery involves prophecy, God speaking. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 says this. But one who prophesies 
strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. This is what prophecy is. It strengthens others, it encourages them, and it comforts them. The word encourage means to put courage in. This is what prophecy is meant to do. Satan, whenever he speaks, aims to discourage you. He wants to take all courage out of you so that you're not able to walk out in the calling and the plans that God has for your life. But prophecy is meant to encourage. Here's the way that I say it. Prophecy isn't a time to call people out, but to call people up. It's a time not to call people out, but to call people up. To stir up the gift that is in you. Sometimes there's admonishment, but it's more so that God has a plan for you, and it's an exciting plan. It's a plan that he wants you to walk out. Let go of the things that are holding you back. We're calling you up to walk out what God has called you to walk in. But many people have had an experience that may be a very negative one, where they had kind of a mean prophet come into town, and he kind of had this mean look on his face as he would just kind of walk around and stare at people. He was a little bit rude. And immature, and you're like, hey, what's, what's up with that guy? And he's like, oh, he's a prophet. Don't mind him. <laughs> that's kind of this image we may have when it comes to prophets are, but that's not what, how it's supposed to be. Pride and prophecy actually don't mix together. And there is a human element to it, but because of our humanity, there always needs to be humility alongside it because the gifts of the Spirit have to be meshed together with the fruit of the Spirit in order to have a long-lasting impact. So we're not here to discourage you. We're actually here to encourage you and to put life because prophets don't tear down the church. They actually build up the church. So that's what's going to happen. But there is a human element. There's one time I heard a story. My Pastor Robert shared it. And he shared the story of a, a time of a, a presbyter came and said, Thus saith the Lord. As it was in the days of Noah, when I was with him and I parted the Red Sea, so I will be with you as I was with him. And he went and sat down. His wife nudged him and said, hey, it, it was Moses, not Noah. So he got back up and said, thus saith the Lord, I made a mistake. <laughs> Which isn't a theologically correct statement. But he said it was Noah, it was Moses, not Noah. But here's what I want to say. There, are, there is a human element to this. And there are times that it's like, okay, that word didn't necessarily resonate with me. Remember, prophecy isn't just about revelation. It's also about confirmation. It's also about what has God been speaking to you already. And it will be a confirmation for you to continue to walk in that and an encouragement to continue to walk in that heart and in that spirit. So that's the fourth thing. Presbytery involves prophecy, God speaking. And here's the fifth thing and the final thing. Presbytery involves accountability. Presbytery involves accountability. 1 Timothy 4 verse 15 says this. He's Paul talking to Timothy, his spiritual son, he says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be made evident to all. So he's saying, don't despise prophecy. Don't despise the gift that you've been given. Meditate on it. Give yourself entirely to it. So the question for all of us is, have we given ourselves entirely to what God has called us to do? 
Are we walking out the gift? Are we sharing the gift that he's given to us to strengthen the entire body? That's why God gives us gifts. He doesn't give us gifts just for ourselves. Many times I have to tell my kids, hey, share. God was wanting to tell all of us, hey, I gave you the gift to share it with the rest of the world that needs it. I feel like the world is at an encouragement deficit. You'd be surprised what it, a, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom will do to change someone's heart and to change someone's life. But God has given you that gift with the Holy Spirit working in you so that you can encourage and give life to people and build other people up. And the next question I have is, is the progress in your faith evident to all? Here's what he says. He says that your progress may be evident to all. We should be progressing in our faith. We should be maturing. We should be growing. This is the part of what it means to walk with him, to stir up the gift that God has given to all of us. Is it evident? It's a question that we all have to wrestle with. Am I growing? Am I progressing in my relationship with God? So presbyters come in and by the Spirit point out gifts, callings, and strengths. Here's another thing you need to know about presbytery. It's a setting in, not a pointing out. You still have to step out. You still have to obey. You still have to say, okay, God, I heard you speaking to me. Now how, I'm going to walk this out wisely. And there's accountability in that. So how are you stewarding God's word? He continues in another passage, 1 Timothy verse 1, verse 18 through 20. It says this, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So I want to say this, there's, there's a spiritual enemy that's coming against you. Part of the reason you may not be winning the battle is because you are missing the element of prophecy. You're missing the gift that God's given to you so that you may wage good warfare. And here's how it says, by faith, which is ultimately hearing God and a good conscience, which is obeying God, walking out his deeds and his purposes for your life, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so they might not learn to blaspheme God. It might have been hard to be Paul's friend because you never knew if he was going to write your name in the book. It's like, I'm putting you on blast and you're going to be in there forever and everyone's going to read about you too. But Paul takes this prophecy thing very seriously. He's like, they blaspheme God. Blaspheme means to slander or insult God. Saying God doesn't truly speak when he does. It's not speaking truthfully about who God is, his character, his nature, who he is. That's ultimately what slander is. But Paul's saying, I really do believe God speaks to people and the prophecies that you're given will actually equip you to wage the warfare that the enemy is going to bring against you. So I want to encourage you to come. And I promise you, we're bringing in mature leaders. They've been vetted. They've gone through the process. They've been actually at Gateway Church DFW as well. Mature leaders, so nothing kooky is going to happen. Nothing weird is going to happen. It's going to be a very safe environment for the prophetic words to be given. 1 Corinthians 14, 19, 29, when it comes to accountability, said, Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. So prophecy isn't given without evaluation. There is accountability that happens when prophecy is given. And here's the way that we've done it. We, the, everything is recorded and then it's transcribed and there's a pastor or a leader 
who's very close with one of the candidates or has a relationship or oversees that area, they'll sit down and it's reviewed by leadership with that person or couple so that they're able to evaluate and say, hey, what did God speak to you here? Was there a confirmation here? How did this word resonate with you? Because we want to make sure that it's evaluated and that the words are accurate and that they're ultimately bringing encouragement. So we're going to have candidates and there'll be two or two, actually three presbyters that are here. So there will be team ministry. You saw it again right there, let two or three people prophesy. So there'll be candidates and then afterwards there'll be congregational ministry and we call that words in due season. And it's got, uh, gotten out of this verse, Proverbs 15, 23, it says this. It said, a word spoken in due season, how good it is. In the message translation, it says this. It says, the right word at the right time, beautiful. We've all had those words that were the right word at the right time to change our lives. And there'll be congregational ministry that happens, which is why I encourage you to come if possible and bring friends if possible and allow God to speak to every single one of us. Let me put it this way. If I were to tell you that God is going to speak to us next week, would you come? Okay. God is going to speak with us next week. And it's important that we assemble and gather together to hear the words that are going to be spoken. It's going to be Sunday morning and even Sunday night. We want to provide multiple opportunities for people to come and hear the words that the Lord wants to speak to Gateway Church. Because I believe there will be a level of faith that continues to rise up. We're only at the beginning of what God wants to do. And I believe this is going to catapult us and push us forward in the things that God has for us. And here's why it's also important for every single one of us to get a word on a continuous basis. It's because life is going to get hard. It is. Things are going to get tough. We planted a church. January 2020. Seven weeks later, the entire world changed. We could have doubted. Did we? hear God correctly because I was in a great place beforehand. <laughs> but things are going to get tough and you're going to need to go back to the truth of the word to say, no, God gave me a word specifically to stir up what was in me and step out in faith and obedience to him no matter what the circumstances and situations are. I'm going to trust in him through the words that he's given to me. So it's important for us to get that and for us to receive that. Uh, Elaine and I got married in June of 2010, and there were a couple months later, they, it was the first presbytery for us as a, as a married couple. And Pastor Wayne Drain, who will be here next week, he, he might have changed it, but he always writes his words out on a yellow piece of paper and hands it to you. So that's always what he's done. So he had a word for us. We were sitting there. I remember vividly he came over to us and gave us a word in due season. And here's what it was. It said, Ethan and Elaine, your coming together was in God's heart before it was in your hearts. God's plans for you are good. How many of you know for a married couple, that's encouraging words to state when they first get married. But this was actually a strong word for us as we go through the hard times that we went through. So he said that. That's the way he started. He said, Ethan, you're a man of moral character and integrity. God can trust you. I see a move a career change that will open up new vistas for you. You will begin to see more clearly what God has for you. Okay, at this time, I was actually working in the market, in the, in the business side. I wasn't in ministry yet. 
I felt like God had called me to vocational ministry. And he's saying there's a career change that's going to happen to you, for you that's going to open up new vistas. And he says this next. Because I had had in my heart that God, one day God was going to call us to pastor and plant a church. He says, what you have been thinking about is right. Take the step of faith. Your gift of administration, your gift of leadership will combine, and you will be a shepherd who leads with excellence. Then he speaks to Elaine. He said, there is a joy and peace in your countenance. The Lord has been positioning you and challenging you to receive the anointing that the Holy Spirit has reserved for you. How many of you think she's starting to receive that and step in it fully? You will be a powerful minister who leads with your husband as you embrace the calling to see people saved and discipled. You are positioned well for God's use. This was a word of new season that was given August 2nd of 2010. Some of this we didn't walk out until 2019. But we still remember this word. This is the word that I had in my notes. It's the word that I saved. It's the word that I would go back to many times where it didn't seem like it was going to come to pass. And we were able to say, no, we, we have a word from God. Amen. To hold on to this, to trust that God knows what he's doing even when I can't see it Amen. with my own natural eyes. That God is working and that God is moving and I simply have to steward the word. Walk out, be faithful, develop and grow. And at the right time, this word will come to pass in its fullness. And God wants to speak to every single one of us that way. He wants to speak specific words. So my hope is that you come hungry. My hope is that you come ready, that you're prepared, that you're prayed up to receive a word from God. Because this is how the church is edified. This is how the church is built up by prophecy. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. We're about to go into a time of worship. We want to respond to the message. And after the service, we'll have our prayer team here. So if you need prayer for anything at all, we want you to come down and receive prayer. Never be embarrassed to come down for prayer. We all need prayer. I was prayed for even before the service. Every single week we say, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's the Holy Spirit want to say to me? And I just want to say, that's really the right question, but also my hope and my prayer is that God would speak to every single one of us. This is what makes our relationship with God come alive. Whenever we take the time to read his word, but also to hear the word that he has for us, that will line up with where he's taking us in this next season as a church, where he's taking every single family, where he's taking us individually. This will be something for our the next generation, the kids to be able to even experience. Because God has a word for every single one of us that he wants to encourage us with, to strengthen us with, to comfort us with. That's what prophecy is. So Father, right now, I pray that there would just be a level of faith that would arise, that we would prepare to hear from our Savior, from the one who loves us, from the one who cares for us, from the one who gave his life for us so that we could have new life in him. I pray that as we go throughout our week and we prepare our hearts, I pray that you would speak to us even before we get here. And I pray that as the words go forth, I pray that the, your church, the church that you said and promised that you would build, would grow, would strengthen, and that we would walk out with boldness and courage 
by the power of your spirit to fulfill your plan on this earth. And I thank you for that right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location, or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.